0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Today's episode of Pip Panther Rants and other sports friends podcast is brought to you by the Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and non-sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Uh, basically, it's sportsdrink, but without the vowels. S-P-R-T-S-D-R-I-N-K. All we ask is to close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Welcome into to our Pit Panther Rants and other Sports Rants podcast. Watt Harris, your host, brought to you by the Sports Drink. It's mid-July. There's It's a pretty much a slow sports news cycle. I mean, Major League Baseball is um, excuse me, drinking my coffee still. Major League Baseball is on a break because of all you know the All Star Games. That's I mean that's fun, right? But I saw they're they're adapting a new um, thing here where if it's tied for nine innings, it's a home run derby. I think that's a great idea. And I think they really should adapt this in some of their regular season games. I mean, I know purists will say, well, extra innings is where it's at. And I totally understand it. I mean, there's nothing more thrilling than a late, you know, a game that goes more than nine innings and it ends, say, on a walk-off homer or whatever, base hit, double, whatever. There's nothing more thrilling than that. I mean, it keeps you on the edge of your seats. But you know, maybe if it gets if the game gets a little too long, you can you can um, you know maybe maybe have it go to say, maybe, hmm, fifteen innings. Maybe you can you can set the you can set the limit there to fifteen or thirteen innings, and then you can say, okay, let's do this. Let's 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 hit home runs. I I would do that. I think it's a great idea. And, you know, college football expansion has uh, hit a, um, looks like it's hit a brick wall. Uh, looks like the talks between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have died. I guess there's going to be no merger, and I guess the schools, the talks between the schools and the Big 12 have died down. I mean, with college football expansion, we're not going to know anything until it actually happens. Until then, we can keep throwing scenarios around. But you know, I said, "Hey, you know, Pac-12 is looking for a um, a partnership with the ACC. You could do that whole thing together, and you could have you know two, two you could have a big one big conference and have two divisions. You got the ACC be the Atlantic, and uh, the Pac-12 be the Coastal. I mean, it was pretty. That sounds pretty. You know, I mean, coast to coast. I mean, you got the Pacific on one side, and you got the Atlantic on the other." I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they can do three of them. I mean, they can do an ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12, because you got the Atlantic Ocean, you got the Gulf of Mexico, and you got the Pacific Ocean. I mean, that, you, you can't go wrong there. I mean, it could be the Oce- the Oceanic Conference or some crap like that. The Oceanic, The Oceanic Partnership. I mean yeah be, I would be I'm gonna say pretty genius, but of course we're not you know with expansion everybody's gonna keep throwing scenarios around. In fact let me see what um there's this one West Virginia insider that always has a bunch of weird weird shit. mh three. Does he have um let's see here. No, wait a second. Oh, uh, here it is Let's see what he says. Yeah, I mean, West Virginia. West Virginia um, Twitter accounts are probably not the place you go for college football expansion talks. Let's see. Called my source on a mini vacation right now. Talks are indeed dead for a merger. A few tidbits I did get. Big 12 had all the cards. Okay, me, money just wasn't there. Well, Well, gee, you think? My source fully expects at least two schools to get off from Big Twelve by the end of the first week of August. Arizona and Colorado are the ones most likely. Big Twelve can buy four to six, depending on what happens. Uh, let's see. If Washington, Oregon balk, then we may take the other two anyway, take the slight hit in revenue. Washington, Oregon is stuck until AC Big Twelve get around to offering them. Yeah, I you know, whatever. I mean, some people are just so full of shit. I mean, I don't um I don't really buy it. Yeah, it just, you know, Twitter accounts I mean, yeah. West Virginia Twitter accounts aren't really the, the place you go for college football expansion talks. Um, I mean, what I've, what I've what I've known is that um, most um, every person that covers a certain conference is always going to have a homeristic take. Like, if somebody's a Big Twelve fanboy or they cover the Big Twelve, everything they cover is going to be is going to favor the Big Twelve. ACC, same thing. Pack, Pack Ten or Pack Twelve, whatever, same thing. I think at the end of the day, the Pack Ten or Twelve or whoever they call themselves now, I think a lot of them probably don't feel that it's right to jump conferences until they figure everything out. They get they get all the details out, and if anything, you try to you try to. Um, carry on as that conference that's one thing you can do is try to keep that conference together as much as you can and try to exist as that conference because you don't want I mean that conference has been around for so long so much history and what and whatnot. you don't want to kill that conference now there's talk to Arizona Arizona State wanted to join the Big 12 which could be attractive I mean the issue with the Big 12 is the TV markets they don't have enough. The ACC has the most TV markets, and they have the more TV sets. And That's what you know. That and the grant of rights is what's keeping the ACC alive at this point. At this point, and of course, their their partnership with Notre Dame. And I saw that I saw a little thing where supposedly the East and Notre Dame was going to form a partnership with the Big Twelve or something like that. And from what I read, it looks like they're 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 trying to leverage that. Whatever, the, MB, whatever NBC wants to do with the Big Twelve, they want to use that money to pay Notre Dame. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's all too weird. And it's just, it's, you know, I'm talking in circles. But I mean, in, at the end of the day, the ACC. I think they're for, for now they're fine. And it's going to take a whole, you know, it'll take a whole lot for. Um, What's happening, but I think with the grant of rights and that TV contract, they may have to really do something with it. But I think they got to see what's you know how the ACC network is you know does. And it took them forever to roll that out and you know see what happens. But I think really expansion is dead right now. I don't think the big, I don't think the Big Ten is going to get. Is going to lure Washington, to Oregon, yet? Because it just probably doesn't make sense at this point. I think they wanted to get Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is going to try to do what they can to stay independent, no matter what. Now, as we stay on the Pacific Coast, there was a little there was a little thread that came out that there may have been some there may be some trouble in Paradise and at USC. I guess Jordan Aston supposedly is not happy because you know. There was, um, I guess, some promises that weren't delivered to him yet since he's been there. And let's be honest with ourselves: if I'm a Belenikov wide receiver, who just, you know, if I'm a receiver who just, if I'm a wide receiver who just won a Belenikov, and probably have one more year left on my, you know, on this whole thing with college football. And if a suitor decides to recruit me into the transfer portal and lures me with some money, and if the money is around $3.5, million, $3.5 million, before I even do anything, you know, go in the portal and sign, I'm probably going to ask for that money up front. I'm going to say, okay. Wire that money into my account, and as soon as it's in there, uh, you're, you're mine. You know, I'm, I'm yours. I'll definitely sign with you guys. Or, I mean, you at least ask for most of it up front, if they're not going to pay all of it. You know, give me the keys to the house, the car, whatever. Although I did read that supposedly... Uh, he did cash some, some checks from Pitt's NIL. But, uh, I mean, Pitt, I mean, he, in other words, Pitt was taking care of him. It just, I guess it just wasn't enough. Beats me. But the source of this was a Texas person. I guess he runs a site, I guess, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. Shaggy Bevo? A G S. Well, no, that's Texas a now, but it's one of those, one of those many sites. And, and I'm sure he got his info if if it is true, I'm sure he got his info from a certain position coach at Texas who probably coached Jordan at one time and tried to get him to come to you know to Texas. It's probably where he got his info from. But at the same time, if I'm USC or from any college program, uh do you really feel comfortable giving a twenty-year-old how old is Jordan Aspin? Let me look at it. Let me look it up here. Jordan Aspin. How old is he? He's twenty years old. Do you really want to give a twenty-year-old who has one year left of college, eligible? You know, well, actually, he's going to be in his third year, but still, this is probably going to be his last year. Do you want to give a twenty-year-old who's probably going to be a going to be a draft pick anyway? I mean, he's probably. Let's see um, draft projection on Jordan Addison right now. Let's see. He's currently going a 13th overall in mock drafts, so right he's already already going to be a first round pick. Do you really want to give that money to him? Because there's a good chance he may not try as hard. I mean, if I have If I'm a, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's right now, according to this one draft, he's slated to be a first-round pick in the top 15. I mean, do you really want to give that money to him? Yeah, he's a first-round top 10 in this one, position rank 3. I mean, do you really want to give $3.5 million to somebody like that? Because, I mean, on top of that, you're breaking a new offense, you have a quarterback who really is still kind of rough. And on top of that, they got game film on him already. So there's no saying what, what he's going to be. And Jordan may possibly opt out. I mean, he could do do those things. I mean, to protect his uh, base, and protect his body. So is it really worth all this? Was it really worth this for USC to, to, to get him? I mean, we'll, we'll see when the season begins, but... But yeah, I mean, if in terms of business, I'm—I mean, if I'm, a, you know, if I'm USC, I'm definitely not giving all—I'm not giving him all the money up front because I want to. I mean, they're not recruiting Jordan Jornassen for his intellect or what he did as you know when he majored in or if he got A's or B's. They're—they got him to catch passes and score touchdowns. Let's be honest. And of course, you know, in the business sense. You don't want to give all that money to them up front because you, you want to see the results. You don't want to just hand somebody 3.5 million and you know because <laughs> they may not try. They may say, "Well, I got the money," because that's what happened with you know a lot of the NFL you know rookies before the rookie salary cap. I mean, they were getting big money and then they would love them with would, would stop playing after that. I mean, if you're getting all that money guaranteed up front, shoot, as a young kid out of college, shoot, I would stop trying too because you long as you invest it or whatever and dump it into some sort of funds and not spend it all, you're you're fine. But we'll keep an eye on that as that progresses. We got, I think, maybe three days till college football starts, which is kind of cool. I know the media days have already started as well. And of course, Matt will be out next week or next month. Anyways, all right, let's get to one more topic. Uh, Le'Veon Bell isn't really pursuing any, um, he's not pursuing any football stuff anymore, any, any, any you know, teams. And I guess his Instagram post, he regretted what happened back in 2018. In fact, let's look that up. Now, Let's take a look at Le'Veon Bell. Let's see. He played. Let's see. His 2013. He played 13 games. Had eight, he had 860 yards rushing, eight TDs, 45 catches, 399 yards. Then The next year, he ran for. He played a full season. Ran for over 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns, and he had 83 catches, three TDs. But he had, but he had almost he almost had a thousand yards receiving as well. I mean, he was a workhorse. Next year, he was uh, out. Six games. And let's see, he didn't, you know, just didn't play much. 2016, he had a monster year, but then I believe he got hurt. And then 2017, he had a full season. Another 85 catches. I mean, he had another big year, almost 2,000 yards uh, from scrimmage. Let's take a look at what happened season by season. Yeah, 2013, he was injured. The next year, he played a full season. 2015, he um, he was suspended for the first four games for um, marijuana. Then, of course, he got in, he got injured later in the year. But he he did uh, he, you know he got injured. And of course, 2016, he got suspended again. 2017. 2017 he played a full season, and of course, that's in 2018 he uh, missed. He sat out, and then after that, he he went with the Jets, played one season. I think he got like 30 million guaranteed money from that because it was just a waste. And of course, then he bounced around the league. <clears throat> now, if we go back to all this, I mean, yeah, he regrets what happened. I mean, he had a decent career up until what happened. And I think he would have had a Hall of Fame career if he would have kept playing. But um, he was a workhorse. I mean he he was catching you know A A plus passes on top of his you know r- running the ball. I mean, I can I can understand him wanting to get paid what he deserved, the, wanting the guaranteed money. On the Steelers side of it. You have a guy who's either hurt; he's missing games because he's hurt, or he's missing games because, well, he can't piss clean. So, what do you do? I mean, do you really want to give that money to a guy who's going to be unreliable, that it's not going to show up for work because you know he's either hurt or he's you know he's not pissing clean? So, both—I mean, both sides—I understand their their arguments. You know, Le'Veon's getting almost two, almost three hundred carries a season. Uh, they're pounding him, you know. Obviously, and of course he's, you know, he's not catching passes. And of course he, you know, he's putting his body, you know, he's putting his body at risk. And you know, of course he's getting hurt as well. So, you know, there's there's been instances where get, where players do good franchise and then they get hurt and they get hurt, and they're not the same. And of course they don't get paid. I mean, we saw the one with Antonio Bryant. I mean, he had a really when he played in Tampa Bay, he had a really big season, and he wanted enough contract. He wanted to go shopping, and what did um, Tampa Bay do? They franchised them, and and of course he got hurt, and was, and was never the same player after that. But you, with the fall of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, that pretty much was the big that was that pretty much killed Ben Roethlisberger's career. Yeah, you know, I mean, and of course Ben got hurt. I remember as well. So that was pretty much the beginning of the beginning of the end of Ben Roethlisberger because he lost two of his big playmakers, and those are basically what happened. Let's see. Let's look at Ben's stats. Yeah, Ben got hurt in 2019. So yeah, it was basically the beginning of the end of him. You know, they finished. Um, yep, beginning of the end. He had a winning record, though, but that was basically the beginning beginning of the end of his career. He was, you know... And plus, not only that, he wasn't the same player. I mean, the guy was in his late 30s, for God's sakes. But that was pretty much... When you lose two of your biggest playmakers, one of the best receivers in the NFL and one of the best running backs, that's what happens. But going back to Le'Veon Bell... there were some people that said what bell was doing was genius that he was being a pioneer and whatnot and it's it's I mean it was a good it was a good plan in, in in that respect but when he went back on the market he got signed by the jets and of course his career i mean he was never the same guy i mean he did people say well he got his money he got his 30 million for doing next to nothing which is true but it single-handedly killed his career as well. I mean, he, he, you know, he's been he bounced around a bunch of teams, and he was never the same player. No, he was never the same guy after that. So, and nobody really followed his, and people thought that NFL players were going to follow what he did. A lot of them can because they value their paychecks, and the the, the players' union just doesn't they don't have as much power. I mean, they're kind of powerless against the NFL. And whereas the NBA, the players union has more power where their players can basically throw a temper tantrum and then, then they get traded or I don't, you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to be here and they get traded. I mean, that's what happened with James Harden. I mean, he, you know, he lost his, uh, some of his, you know, his management change. he, he was disgruntled and you know, got upset and of course they he wasn't showing up to practices and games and they traded him. I mean that's you know, you know, NBA basically those players can do that and now you got some instances where now we some players, you know, if they don't want to sign with that team or they you know, they're not gonna do an extension, they get they get traded. I mean look I mean I was shocked when the Spurs traded the the Murray the Murray I mean because he was really good. And it turns out he wasn't even gonna sign with them the next you know, he didn't want to play there. I mean with the NBA, there's a lot more freedom. And with the NFL, there just isn't. And in this case, I mean, it's just it's how it is. Nobody really followed Le'Veon thing because people follow their paychecks. It's kind of the same reason why people didn't follow Colin Kaepernick's movement. I mean, there, there was a handful of guys that kneeled, but... I mean, Kaepernick, when he didn't get signed anymore. He was still getting deals with uh, Disney and Nike and all that. I mean he's getting I mean he had a I guess he had a movie, I guess. His own Netflix series, all this stuff. I mean he's still getting paid. Those other guys are they kneel or what or whatnot? when if they I mean, they're not gonna get all those endorsements. I mean that's I mean all these movements, especially regardless of what you know, your your political stance or whatnot longer just glorified pyramid schemes where the person at the top who starts it is going to get all the money and attention. But um, you know, I'm hopefully Levy on the save this money, and I'm sure he has. And he's got the, he's got his rap career still. He's got that going for him. He's going to be boxing as well. But yeah, I mean. In some ways, his genius, his moves seemed a little genius because he was young. But it just, you know, it's, it's a, I mean, what happens with him is basically just a cautionary tale of, you know, what happens when you do. All right, now let's get away from sports for a minute. I was watching Barry. Uh, what was it, the last dragon? Last night. Uh, I sat and watched this, I used to love this movie, and like, it was always hard, it, you know, you, the only time you could find it was on HBO, and it was hard to find the, um, the cassette, and I realized how many, how many celebrities were actually in this movie as well, I mean, there was a bunch of them, but I sat and watched it, and basically, uh, Bruce Leroy is chasing some imaginary master, and and of course he's um. Of course, it's it was produced by Barry Gordy, of course, and the show "Gonna Harlem" shown off is, I guess, is you know is um. He's um. Challenging him, I mean, ever, I mean, William H. Macy, the guy who plays a little Bill, in, um. Boogie Nights was also in this, and I didn't realize that. I mean, there was, you know, of course, you know, Rudy from uh, Cosby Show was in it. I mean, there was interesting ones, but what really got me in this was if her going real life on this. Now, Vanity, I guess, after having her life saved by you know by Leroy, I guess in this movie she goes as Laura Charles. She's trying to, um, she's trying to, I guess, get in, I guess, in uh, Mr. Leroy's pants. And I think in real life, if this would have happened, I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, Leroy probably would have hooked up with uh, Vanity, and I think he would have forgot about the whole karate stuff. He would say, you know what. I got a hot girlfriend. I'm having lots of fun. She wants me to be. Her, she wants me to be her bodyguard. Karate's dumb. This whole master stuff is dumb. I mean, I mean, show sure enough. If you want to be the master, or whatever, go ahead. You have at it. I'm just gonna go hang out. I'm just gonna you know. I'm gonna get laid instead. I think that's what really would have happened. But you know. Leroy was so hung up in his world of Bruce Lee. I mean, it was you know it was pretty interesting. But okay, let's get to some other fun things. So for ten bucks on eBay, I bought a box of nineteen ninety two um, classic NHL draft picks. I just love classic. It was a it was a great card to collect. And let's see, I, I got these. Let's see, look for these limited print cards. Let's see, Roman Hammerlick. Alexei Yashin, Mike Ratchy, Darius Kasparidis, Corey Stillman, Dimitri Kovartnilov, David Wilkie, Curtis Bowen, Valerie Beret, and Joby Messier. Now, Valerie Beret was the brother of Pav and there was high hopes for him and it didn't work out. Roman Hamelik was, was one hell of a defenseman. I believe he played for Tampa Bay. Alexey Yashin, now, he was drafted with uh, Alexander Daigle from Ottawa. And Alexander Dagel got all the hype. And it turned out that Yashin yes, ended up being the better player. And you can't forget about Darius Kasparianis as well. I mean, there were some. There's some really good. There were some good. There's some Penguins players in this set. Uh, Marty Straka was in this set. Um, what else? Who else was in this set? Bill Guerin, who who later played for the Penguins. Uh, Sergei Gonchar was in this as well. so I got four packs to open and of course there's a Marilyn Mew insert as well. And of course there's Manu and Ryome, which, you know, you got to give credit for Tampa Bay for being the progressive NHL franchise at the time for uh, hiring a female goaltender. Now I had a, um, of course, you know, being, going into eighth grade and ninth, being in eighth grade, going into ninth grade and the world, I guess, you know, when your body changes and whatnot, I did have a big crush on Main and Ryome. She was very beautiful at that time and yeah, I collect her cards mainly just because I was attracted to her. So, I got four packs to open. Let's see. First card is Martin Jernick. Next one is Dave Karpa. Uh, next is Cindy Moger. Uh, I believe he played for the Kings at one time. Uh, Mikhail Kravitz. Here's a Bill Guerin in his USA Hockey jersey. Ooh, and this card's getting lots of... Yep, they're sticking together. Goalie David Litman. never heard of him. Pierce Sivagala. Keith Carney. Martin Gendron. And Sylvain Cloutier. Now let's go to the next pack. Larry Olem, Trent Klatt in his Minnesota hockey jersey. And these cards are all sticking together because they have probably been... Doug, Z- Doug Zmulik, I think he was yeah, a defenseman. He, he, he had a decent career, I believe. Alexei Yashin, Jerry Lettinen. And some of these names, are they sound so familiar. Jarko Varvio, Martin Reichel, Ralph Trinovo, Valerie Beret, and Brett Brett Hedekin. Yeah, I had high hopes for uh, Valerie Beret, but basically almost any any player that was like that had a um <clears throat> a Russian jersey or Czechoslovakian jersey or any type of foreign name, that was one card you that was one card you you had to keep because you thought it was going to be a, a pretty valuable card at one time because those were all the players, especially the Russian players, because there was the, the, there was an influx of like you know the Russian players coming in and you know because of course you know Sergey Fedorov was one of them. Let's see, and of course with the with the checks you know with the checks as well with you know the Auger, okay Grant Marshall Keith Jones. Lonnie Loach. And some of these guys were like role players, reserves at one point. Dimitri Kvartnilov, Doug McDonald and his Wisconsin jersey. And especially, I mean the hot, I mean the college hockey jerseys. I mean they, you at this at one time you discard those guys because they weren't really going to be worth anything anyway. And last pack, I mean this. No, I got no. This was ten bucks a box, so it worked out for me. If anything, I'm getting a box of hot shit, but I did get some, I did, I did get a few Lemieux cards and you always keep those no matter what. I got Gonchar, but I mean, the thing about classic is if you want to if you wanted cards of players, whether it was basketball, baseball or whatnot, if you wanted cards of players that were in their minor league or college uniforms, this was the place to go. Boris Mironov, I think he, had, yeah, it's a Russian jersey. You got to keep them. Oh, Sergei Gonchar. Yep, you definitely kept him. Sergei, whatever Kirikorov, Kure- another Russian player, Darius Kasparaitis in his hockey in his Russian jersey. You know, and like a lot of Vitali Tom- Tomlin What if he's related to um, Nikolai Borcheski? He played for the Maple Leafs and another, and another Sergei Gonchar. So that was my four cards. So there you go, a little history lesson of classic hockey. I didn't pull him in a room, but actually, already, in the, I've already opened the box. I've already pulled two. I've already pulled two of her. I put a limited print card of some no-name player, which you know that happens. But I do need to get other stuff as well. I want to at least get some basketball. Anyways, I'm done here, guys. Let me see. Is there any more? Anything else going on? Let's see. Is there anybody else that's angry about something? No, that's it. All right, guys. Well, you all held a pit. I'll talk to you later.